afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to live from your true self through all of life's twists and turns. And you'll be challenged to lean into the mysteries of life to find your own deepest wisdom. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Do you want to know how to engage in direct connection with the universe? How to live a soulful life? How to tap into your soul's wisdom? Well, our guest today, spiritual teacher, author, psychic, and musician Sarah Wiseman brings some answers to those questions and more. We'll be talking about her latest book, Messages from the Divine, Wisdom for the Seeker's Soul, her 11th book. So if you want to know how to get your own wisdom, how to hear directly from the divine, stay here for this whole show. We have a lot of good information for you. So welcome, Sarah, to the Authentic Living Show. Oh, thank you, Andrea. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Well, we're really glad to have you. We, this book is really a beautifully written, and uh, it has so much wisdom in it, and I just can't wait to get into the meat of it. So let's just go ahead and jump on in there. So you start Great. off the book talking about uh, how, where we come from and how we get here and all that stuff. So you say we choose this life. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, so in, in the practice of meditation that I, I do, the guidance that I continually get is that, um, you know, as, as souls, we're infinite, and as humans, we have many lifetimes. And so each time we reincarnate or come back in, we get some choices around what kind of experiences and what kind of soul lessons we're going to enter into in each lifetime. So we're, we're choosing this life and we're choosing all the people and situations and challenges in it as a way for us to um, make the most progress on our particular uh, soul lessons. Yeah. So some people would argue that that means that we're sort of faded uh, to experience the life that we experience, and we don't really have much free will. What do you say about that? Yeah, you know, free will, that's an interesting idea, and I, I don't use that exact term. I use more the term, um, we have absolute choice, gosh, kind of at every fork in the road, and that could be at every minute we have a choice of how we're going to engage with ourselves in this lifetime. Um, so I don't think there's any sense of destiny or lack of choice or um, <laughs> cursed or any of any of that sort of old idea about karma. It's really he, here's the scenario we've chosen, and then how are we going to move forward from there? What kind of choices are we going to make to to learn and deal with that particular scenario? Yeah. So you say we're even here to learn that that's what we're doing. We're learning. What are we learning? Well, I'm learning a lot. <laughs> I know that I, I have a lot of lessons to learn, that's for sure. But I think we're learning, essentially we're learning two things. Um, the, the, big, the, big, the big, big, big answer is we're learning um, to love. And then we're also learning that there is no separation. That's kind of the master lesson. We're learning that separation isn't real. But we don't just jump to those two, uh, you know, the bonus, <laughs> the bonus answers right away, we have to kind of meander through, you know, like maybe patience or um, 
tolerance or um, peacefulness or calmness. We have a lot of those kind of, um, I guess I would call it psychological growth markers of a maturing individual that we make our way through until we get to those bigger answers. Yeah, so it's kind of like each one of those smaller lessons is a, is, a, is a piece of that the bigger lessons. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I think they're different for different people. I mean, uh, one person might come in, you know, really calm and, and calmness is really easy for them. But then another person, that's a big struggle that's going to take them quite a while to sort of tackle. Another person might be... Um, you know, being tenacious might be really easy for them. Another person really has to learn how to, to, you know, stick to a process or stick to a project. So we're very unique. We're not learning the same lessons all the time. Um, we're learning what, like, what we need to learn instead of this set course for everybody marching down the same path. Yeah, well, that sort of destroys the whole societal myth that we're supposed to be comparing ourselves to each other, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the book talks a lot about that idea of throw away society's map, do your own work, uh, kind of uh, like, it, you know, in kindergarten they would say, keep your eyes on your on your own paper, you don't need yeah. to be looking for anybody else's answers, just your own. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it and it's really not a competition. It's really just a process, isn't it? I mean, it's it that whole thing about being better than our, our we were last year, or being better than somebody else. It's just kind of mythology, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, what do we need to be better than for? You know, like this morning, I I got up and I I weighed myself. I haven't weighed myself in a really long time, and. The number on the scale was kind of <laughs> awe-inducing, and I just thought, well, okay. And, you know, the the difference between how I would have approached that, say, 20 years ago with this spiraling down into into shame, you know, and terror, all those, all those feelings we have when we haven't kind of accepted who we are and accepted our true self, there's no... There's no way, there's no particular way we have to be, and there's no particular way that's better uh, on a lot, you know, than any other level when we're, that idea of comparing, you know, just, we just are here to be our unique self. Yeah, I I really could not agree with that more, and I I, I also want to say, I think there's times, and I, I think you'll agree with this, that that we really think we have sort of gathered together uh, a, um, a working relationship with the authentic self and we really have begun to live into oneness and then all of a sudden we're back into some anxiety or back into some old stuff that we thought we'd finished a long time ago and we have to walk through something else again. Oh, I definitely agree with you there. It's almost like it feels to me kind of like we make some progress and then we sometimes have to kind of loop back on ourselves and review the lesson again. Um, so say we use that, that getting on the scale example, um, maybe you have trouble with, you know, your body image when you're younger, and then you make a lot of progress on that. And then when you get, you get on the scale 20 years later and you have that reaction again, 
And then you have to loop back and go, oh, wait a second, I already, I already went through all this. I've learned that lesson. I just need to remind myself that um, I've come through that understanding, and here I am now. I, do, I don't need to go back and repeat the lesson again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, I like to focus on when I'm working with clients is dreaming, and you say that dreaming is one lesson. What do you mean by that? Oh, I think the 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 way that they were using that idea of one lesson is um, the process of dreaming brings us to understandings that we um, don't have access to in our you know day to day life, and also that we don't have access to necessarily. I mean, meditative gathering and dreaming are pretty simpler, pretty similar, but they're different, and so dreaming. When we dream, we go in and there's all this, I love dreaming so much. I'm so, I didn't know that you worked in that. I'm so happy to hear that. But it's so archetypal. It's so symbolic. The emotions are there. We get to um, unpack the dream, you know, with all this beautiful information. And so it's almost like that in itself is a complete spiritual practice and understanding that how important that is, is one of the things that the book Um, the book talks about, like, spend time, give yourself good sleep, allow yourself the the so-called luxury of dreaming because it's not a luxury at all. It's completely necessary for our movement forward as um, beings. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then, of course, the next thing you said was a, a second lesson, second to dreaming, was being. So what do you mean by being? Well, I um, sometimes people think I'm kind of flaky. <laughs> that would be the, <laughs> the negative look at, at being. But I like to just kind of be present in um, lots of situations where people often aren't present. Like say maybe, I don't know, you're waiting in a doctor's lobby or um, you're at the post office or you're getting groceries and I really like to take those everyday activities and just become very, I wouldn't call it mindful. I would just call it more tuning into everything all at once, which is how I consider being, just kind of hanging out with everything. And I think the more we can build this into our our everyday experience, like not just, you know, okay, it's... I've, it's been two hours without meditating. I better go be for a while. It's like just kind of making that our, our state or our, our way of living as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember who it was that called it walking meditation, but uh, that's a way of thinking of it. That you're walking yeah. through life and attuned. Yeah, walking in life. Or um, There was a teacher I once worked with uh, who taught um, dance and his idea was that, you know, we do the dance in the in the dance room, but then we also take our dance out uh, into the everyday. I think it was Vin Marti. He said, do the dance of the everyday. And that's kind of that same idea. Do the walking meditation. Do the dance of the everyday. Go out and be in even the mundane places where you don't expect to have a spiritual experience and kind of see what happens to you there. Yeah. 
And I, I hear this all the time, and I certainly have experienced it as I know you have as well, that when you, when you do that, there's a light that everything has that is doesn't seem to be there when you're not paying attention to it. It's there. We just are, are you know, not tuned into it. But when when we really are tuned in, there's a light to other to, you know, the floorboards, the puddle in the middle of the street, the the raindrops, the you know, those mm-hmm. things on so much more meaning when we're just really present with it. Yeah, and I think um, people who experiment with um, I don't really know actually the correct words, but you know those uh, more like a psychedelic drug to have those experiences. I haven't ever done any anything like that, but I think that idea of getting to that, seeing the radiance of kind of what's going on anyway, but we don't have to, we can just access that by expanding our attention and the other piece, I sometimes, I really like that idea of the light because it is like everything's kind of in a more shimmerized state. Or I also mm-hmm. like to think of it as uh, like the hum of the universe, like mm-hmm. all the energy of the universe is kind of like this beautiful, uh, maybe you can't exactly hear it, but you can feel everything mm-hmm. shimmering together. Yes. Yes. And that's just because you're tuned in. You yeah, know, you don't it's have like, to, doesn't you, have to be a special, you know, day or a special moment. It's just because you decide to perceive things that way, and, it, and then you do. So you talk about everyday enlightenment. Is that what you're talking about with everyday enlightenment? Well, I think yes, and I think also the idea of when you start to tune into, say, the objects and the people and the the feelings and the energy of everything um, in your, uh, in you know, that you encounter. So it's not just, I, I guess I'll call it matter that has that uh, vibrational state. It's also, I guess I'll call it time and the events in time. And so when you kind of create that uh, vibrational hum then also you lock into this kind of uh, time state becomes more of a flow state or time has more of that vibrational shimmer too. And that's how all those synchronicities start to, oh, there's, I tuned into the shimmery, you know, trees and now these events are starting to come into my life unexpectedly. For example, this morning I was um, driving my daughter to her, uh, work and we were just in a very happy mood. We were super expanded, and right as we were driving, there was uh, two little deer. One um, regular, I guess that's called a fawn, maybe. And then, to my great shock, there was like an albino. There was a brown fawn and an albino fawn right there on the side of the road. So we got to have that enormously beautiful experience. And it was all because we were just kind of expanded. If we'd been bickering or I don't even know what, we probably would have just driven by and never even seen them or maybe not been in the place and time where we'd be in that flow to be able to even have that experience. Yeah. Yeah, so it really is about tuning in. Yeah, and those synchronicities mm-hmm. are, are, you know, uh, little divine messages, are they not? 
Yeah, and I haven't quite puzzled out what the two fawns were, but there's my daughter and me, that's two, and then there's two fawns, and I was like, you be the albino fawn, I'll be the albino, <laughs> like, which is who is who, but there, there were two of us, and there were two of them, and I don't know what it means yet, but I'm sure that that will arrive with yeah. some uh, more openness. Yeah, yeah, just paying attention enough to, to receive that message. You yeah. talk about a word that uh, is a really difficult word, and I think we need to just sort of uh, touch on it a little bit uh, before the break, and that is that uh, the word surrender. You talk about surrendering to everything, and for a lot of people that either takes on a real negative kind of tone or it takes on religious overtones, which may or may not be feel negative to certain people. So can you talk about surrender? Yeah, you know... Um for, for me, surrender was a, a super great relief. After fighting and fighting and fighting it for a long time, then, finally, surrender was a great relief to me, just accepting that me as the ego uh, does not have all the answers. In, in fact, very <laughs> very few answers. Uh, but this greater, greater soul or this collective source is really um, a much more worthy uh, energy to surrender to, much smarter, much kinder, much more compassionate. To me, it was a relief to not have to be in charge. That's how I've been looking at it. Yeah, so that implies that there is an intelligence to the universe to which we can surrender, and that intelligence is compassionate and, and loving and has our best uh, best in mind. Yes, and it's not yeah. outside of us, of course, as you know. It's we are of that, and it is it is greater than that, and it is also us all at the same time. Yeah, and a, a real easy way for me, just just this is just for me, uh, and it may work for other people as well. For me to be able to really get that, to make my to 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 work with that part of me that is a non trusting <laughs> that mm-hmm. I would. I would say uh, that I can surrender because I look at nature and I see how how well it's all put together, how it's organized, how uh, how tender a tiny, tiny little flower is, how, you know, all that is so organized and so well done and my own body is so well done. And so uh, from the minuscule to the, to the large uh, things that are in my body, it's just uh, 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 there's an amazing loving energy that is to all of that that can that can help us understand that when we surrender to it you know, there's passages in the Christian Bible that talk about being still and knowing that I'm God and uh, there's 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 uh, the Om and there's the the idea of stillness and those things that come to us when we meditate all of those imply that there's a surrender that takes place that that is a that it means we don't really have to strive so much to to get somewhere or do something or be perfect or be totally moral or any of those things. It's just a, a kind of way of saying, uh, you got this, you got this. That's a beautiful example of the nature. That uh, That's a lovely, lovely way of looking at it. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be back with more from Sarah Wiseman. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss this one.
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you're ready for big changes in less than one month's time, you're ready to tune in for Radical Change Now with Dr. Mary Oz. It's where healing meets the law of attraction in an engaging package. You'll hear from guests and callers as they share their stories, offer solutions to life's challenges, and much more. With Dr. Mary's approach, even a child could effectively learn and apply the concepts discussed on each week's show. Listen live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Do we really have a full understanding as to why we do certain things and function the way that we do? There are many different aspects of trauma, and you can learn more about them and how to overcome the symptoms by tuning in to Trauma Talk with host Ezrina Rose Scott. On Trauma Talk, Ezrina and her special guest experts and clients will discuss the different results of trauma and some effective methods in resolving and healing from them. Listen live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Do you sometimes feel that you are powerless and control over your own life? We all face challenges in our lives that we can overcome. Just ask Chantel, the host of Chantel Inspires. She has overcome so many challenges in her life and has successfully emerged as the victor rather than the victim. Speaking from personal experience and also from the experiences of her guests, she is here to help you turn the downs into ups and be your best self. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today to Sarah Wiseman. Let me tell you just a little bit more about Sarah. She's reached tens of thousands of students worldwide through her books, courses, podcasts, blog, and music. In addition to being a top contributor to the Daily Ohm, Sarah is also the founder of Intuition University, hosts the popular podcast Ask Sarah and Spiritual Psychic, uh, and she writes the Daily Divine blog. She's produced four award-winning music albums with her band, Martyrs of Sound, and she lives in Oregon with her family. So we're really glad to have her on our show today talking about her book, Messages from the Divine, Wisdom for the Seeker's Soul. So we were just talking before the break about surrender and, and, and how it is that we can surrender to something, uh, the intelligence that is the oneness, that is the stillness, that is the silence, that is all those things that that we long for. Um, so, uh, so once we have surrendered to everything, most people would say, well, okay, I've surrendered now. What's, what's going to happen next? What, what does happen next? Um, well, you could go down a, <laughs> into a dark hole for a while, which sometimes, you know, to be totally transparent, that, that is something that, that sometimes does happen because sometimes when we surrender, 
that means we're surrendering the identity that we've all got, you know, built up and are really set upon. And when we surrender, a lot of times those identities have to peel away. And so we might have times where uh, the work identity peels away. So we aren't doing the work we used to do or the uh, relationship, a particular relationship identity might peel away. We've got to let go of that relationship. So we're kind of uh, like those, um, I think they're like uh, those those nesting dolls where you keep opening and opening up to get to the core real doll inside. So sometimes surrendering down brings an exceptional amount of change. And that is, I think, one of the reasons why people are afraid to take that step, you know, I'm going to lose everything. But I don't, um, from myself going through that process, actually a couple times now, I think that getting to that, the inner doll, or doll's not the right word, but the inner core, that inner jewel that you yourself are, is so worth the journey of, of letting go of all those false identities So I don't have, you go through that process once or a couple times and you you realize what's happening and then you kind of lose the fear of going through the process of getting down into your true self, your true self. Yeah, that, that, I'm really glad that you used those words, um, identity and and true self, because I, I, I think those are things that we use the word identity a lot, and we use the words uh, authentic self a lot, but we don't necessarily always know what we're talking about when we do that. Um, uh, so can you explain a little bit how we, how the identity might be different from the authentic self? What is that? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Um, well, I the book uses the term um, misbelief. And the book capitalizes that word because it's so important to the whole concept. But um, so identity and misbelief can be kind of the same thing. So we could identify, you know, I'm a daughter, I'm a mother, I'm I work in this field, or let's just say I'm a I'm a daughter, I'm a mother, I'm a healer, I'm um, a, a a spouse, and those are all just you know, those seem very important. And at the same time, they're all, if all those things were taken away, you would still be there as your essence, your soul essence or your true self or your authentic self would all still exist. They aren't reliant upon any of those identities being in place. Now, most of us prefer to have the identities that we really enjoy. Like, I really enjoy being a mother, and I really enjoy being a spouse. So those are identities that I want to keep. But there are other identities that um, are just kind of creations, something I've built up over time. And a lot of times we're asked to let parts of ourselves or pieces of ourselves kind of go so we can try on new ways of being in the world. Yeah, and I'm really glad. I'm really glad you said that that your that your true self, your authentic self, goes on even without all those identities. That's the we think of that only in terms of death. We think that you know the only time that we go on without all these identities is after we die. But mm-hmm. but in actuality, we 
you know, the, the, you know, those that you describe, mother, daughter, wife, husband, you know, employee, those, those are social roles. They don't necessarily, yeah. they're not necessarily who we think we are even beyond those. So, you know, what, what, what you're saying, though, is even without those things, there's an essential you there that is what you, you've called your soul, I call your soul, I call it your authentic self. There's lots of names for it, but it's an essential core. And it goes on, and it, and it is who you actually are beyond everything else. Yeah, and if you look at the timeline of our lives, you know, maybe like the beginning part will be just, for example, a, a daughter, and then maybe we'll be a lover, and then maybe we'll, maybe we'll be a spouse, or maybe not, or maybe we'll be a parent, and maybe we'll be a grandparent. I mean, these are just kind of these basic passages that um, a lot of a lot of people experience, but, you know, we're only going to be a mother for a certain period of time in our lives. Uh, mm. You know, that's just one passage. We're only going to be a spouse for, I don't know, you know, we don't, we aren't a spouse at age three. We only become a spouse at when it's age appropriate. And so these are long stretches, but it's not who we are. It's just what we're going through at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is the difference in that and pure being? You use the words pure being. Uh, what, is the, what is pure being? I think um, I would, so the words like the soul or the authentic self, I would call that almost like the noun. <laughs> I, you know, don't ask me what a, an adverb is. I have no idea. But I know what a noun is. But, and I think pure being is more like the verb. It's the way of, of acting. It's the way of approaching Okay, okay. So the authentic self would respond to life as pure being. Yes, exactly. That's a perfect way of putting it. Okay. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about this thing of, of connecting with the universe and, and, and understanding how we get divine messages. How, well, how do we begin the process of connecting to the universe? Well, a lot of people think it's through meditation, and that is a wonderful way. But there's also um, other practices. You mentioned dreaming already. That's an extraordinary uh, spiritual practice. Listening to music uh, of, of all kinds, really, is an extraordinary... It takes you on a, a journey that doesn't allow your brain to do the thinking. It takes you out of that brain space. Exercise for people. And it doesn't have to be, say, walking in nature. It could be going to the gym. It, it creates this kind of um, light, gentle trance state, again, where the brain is not doing heavy lifting. You're more in this diverse, expanded state. Um, sex can be a place, a portal to this space. Um, playing with animals. So anything that's t- cooking for some people, even anything that's taking you out of your um, the sort of woodpecker thoughts <laughs> of shoulds and musts and so-and-so says and I have to and oh no, all of that um, brain looping that we do, anything that takes you out of that um, is a place where you can begin to open into receiving information from the universe. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, so in connecting to the universe... 
what does that mean in terms of uh, our being able to receive divine messages? Well, from my own personal experience, um, when I do, I have a very mellow, short meditation practice that I do. I try and do it several times a day. Um, I'll just go into a place of stillness, usually with my eyes closed, but doesn't have to be, but that makes it a little easier. And I'll usually ask a very broad question such as, uh, what is the most important thing for me to pay attention to now is a favorite? Or um, what do I most need to know today? Or for me, a good question is, what am I missing? What am I not, what am I not seeing that I need to see better? And then I'll just wait and pretty much uh, within a few seconds of a, a, a vision, which is just something in the mind's eye, um, like, like the way you'd see in your imagination, um, you don't actually see a movie in your eyes, you just see it in your imagination, that will start to come in and usually it's very similar to dreaming, it's usually a symbolic kind of image or maybe it's a memory image or some other kind of image, that will usually come in. Or um, for me, in my ear, I'll begin to get um, not so much a voice, but a, um, a stream of thought that has some kind of message for me on whatever I need to know. So that's kind of my, my I, t- I call it intuitive gathering, and that's where the teachings of the book came through with that stream of voice. And that's where I do most of my, that's how I'm guided, is I just pay attention in that way. The other way, kind of as we discussed a little bit, is I'm always out in nature looking for those unexpected things to come in, and then I'll often um, interpret from, and and nature's wildly creative, so I always try and interpret um, what I see with whatever I'm trying to figure out in my own life. Right. So, uh, you know, that's for you, you've had a lot of practice doing this um, and and over the years have honed it so well that you've written a whole book out of it. It, For somebody who's just in the beginning stages of trying to seek guidance from the divine uh, in whatever way they see the divine, uh, how, how would you recommend that they start? Well, I think even that eyes closed thing is actually, um, I work with groups of people who kind of haven't done anything, and they're pretty able to get, uh, most people are pretty able to get a quick little thought or a quick um, a, a quick uh, vision in their mind's eye pretty easily. It doesn't seem to be, I don't feel like I'm especially special to be able to do that. I think a lot of people um, can do that if they want to. And then if people are having trouble with that, the the really wonderful way is to just watch for synchronicities and um, to watch for those little nudges. You know, you're thinking about, uh, I don't know, um, should I move or should I not move? And then you get um, a letter in the mail telling you about a property or you are contacted by someone as a friend who you find out is also a realtor. Uh, those are just silly examples, but that kind of idea of, you notice what you're working on, and then you notice the universe is responding with 
events or happenstance that seems magically circumstantial like or magically coincidental and uh, you start paying attention and you start following those magical coincidences. Yeah. Yeah, and for me, there's a there's a time during the day when I seem to be more open than other times, and I can't explain that other than to say that that's really true. So if we if we notice that, just to pay attention to, okay, well, this is that time, so be be tuned in, you know. Oh, so so what is that's I haven't heard that before. What is the time for you? That's very interesting. It's morning time, just after I wake up, and I'm kind of laying there you know, collecting my dreams and I'm, you know, I might start thinking about something. I might even start worrying about something. But if I challenge myself to sort of get into a meditative state, interesting little bits of information will come to me. For example, I was uh, sending a friend, uh, Reiki, uh, at one point during the morning hours and all of a sudden it came to me that, that really there was something wrong with her hamstring. We thought it was her joints, but it was really her hamstring. And I called her and suggested she start stretching her hamstring, and that was it. That was what was the problem. Better, so you know, it was those kind of things that just sort of come to you. Oh yeah, that's well, and I think um, I'm not the best morning person, really, because I'm pretty, I'm a pretty heavy, uh, deep sleeper, and so. but for me, the time, I hadn't really thought of it this way, but my uh, most, the time I sit down with intention is I'll sit down in the late afternoon and I like to have, sit on the sofa and have maybe my journal and a cup of tea and just kind of relax and sort of um, almost like regathering myself from where I've been during the day already and just seeing what information that needs to be looked at. And I'll often do it all right a question, I'll write maybe six questions in my journal and then I'll just kind of let myself free write the answers, hopefully not from my mind in any way, but just kind of letting it come through from a bigger space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that feels different. I think that's one of the things that that's important for our listeners to know too is that the information that comes through like that feels, it has a different feel quality to it that for me, anyway, that it that it when it when something like that comes through, it feels lighter. It feels not not so much like worry or or uh, like you know thought. It just feels like a very light little feathery response that just comes, and you can write in a flow. You're not really writing from any kind of determination in your mind. Um, yeah, and for me, it feels very. Um very calm and very it feels relaxing like it feels nice to have that um flowing through it just feels like ah again that relief like oh yes the universe is here (laughs) i can't i don't have to be in charge anymore which i guess is a personal refrain for me yeah 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 yeah, well, that's that's a good start for uh, for our listeners to be able to to uh, to sort of get some ideas about how to to really make that connection. So we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be back in a few minutes with some more from Sarah Wiseman and her book, Messages from the Divine: Wisdom for the Seeker's Soul.
It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Broaden your mind. Open your heart for a greater understanding of how to express your pure and authentic nature. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Simron, author, publisher, and life mentor, broadens minds and opens hearts to a greater understanding of life, consciousness, and humanity. 1111 Talk Radio is every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 1111 Talk Radio. You are not on a journey. You are the journey. You are experience experiencing itself. Many of us define our lives by what has already happened. It's a past tense series of events. Do you long for something else? You don't have to live solely in this reality. Tune in for To Win Within with host Strom Thomason. Strom and his guests are here to introduce you to your true self. It's time to emerge from your box and take a beautiful journey of self-love and discovery. You'll find yourself exactly where you need to be. To Win Within airs live every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Are you ready to tackle the rules of business? You may think you're doing everything by the book, following your own best practice beliefs, bringing in endless consultants, only to find that your business is not moving forward. That's where you need to stop and figure out where things are going wrong. Enter Business Rules with host Peter Feinstein. Peter and his guests will break it all down for you to help you and your business succeed. Listen Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now toll-free, 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthews.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back for the final segment of our show today, talking to Sarah Wiseman about her book, Messages from the Divine, Wisdom for the Seeker's Soul. And we've been learning about how we can connect to the universe and how we can begin to listen to those divine messages as they come through. Um, I want to ask you, Sarah, if you don't mind, to go ahead and tell the listening audience about how they might connect with you or anything that you would like to share with them at this point so that they might learn more from your work. Oh, thank you. Well, um, people can go to sarahwiseman.com, and it's uh, just S-A-R-A and then W-I-S-E-M-A-N.com. And I think the things there right now are this new book, uh, which is a very complete work for me, and then we've also got a free um, online study guide course that you can sign up for, too, that's right there on the front page. And then I think um, I have many, many online courses. I've really focused on that. So people might want to browse around and, and look and see. Um, they're all very affordable. Just look and see what might catch their eye in terms of, of what they're working on and what they might enjoy. Beautiful. Wonderful. That's, a, that's excellent. I would highly recommend that. That could really help sort of flush out what we're talking about today and, and, and give it more uh, power. So, yes, y'all go check out her site. Um, 
so I want to talk about, you talk in the book about a twofold path and a threefold path. So tell me about the twofold path. Well, I have to refresh. I have to refresh my memory on that one. Let me let me look at that. Let's see where you're at. Uh, go, can you can you go to another question? While I kind of refer, I want to look in the book and make sure I'm answering that correctly sure. for you. Sure, it's going to be another hard question though, so we might want to just skip that. <laughs> I better grab the book really closely and make sure I get it right. But you know, we're just learning soul lessons, so it's okay if we don't get it perfectly. Go ahead. Yeah. So my question was: the next question is, what is direct knowing? So what's the difference? Thank between you. Direct yes. No. So that is that is an easy question. So when we first start to. Um, through this process of our spiritual path or uncovering our authentic self, and uh, maybe we start to work with synchronicities as we've been discussing, or we start to do, work with intuitive gathering as we've been discussing, and and then we start to kind of find out that once we surrender to the universe, we're kind of moving along in a in a flow state where the universe is guiding us, and we're allowing ourselves to be guided and. Um, that's our soul path. It's just like we're going to just go with the guidance. There comes a point, it's almost like a, a light switch in our being switches on where suddenly we aren't having to focus on the practices as practices so much. It just becomes how we are. It just becomes how we relate to the universe. We don't have to do a formal intuitive gathering because we're walking around in that state of openness where we just have direct direct knowing of the universal communication in real time kind of as it's coming in. Sort of like we achieve a level of, of mastery of how it is to be in this flow state and suddenly we're so connected that we're a part of everything and so thus, we have full understanding of everything as it happens. And I would say, this is, you know, far along on the journey. It's, it, it takes some time to get to this place, but it is absolutely possible to uh, reach this state of beingness and just kind of, oh, everything's coming in, everything's, the synchronicities are coming, the information's coming, I'm in flow, I'm on the path. I'm fully in accord and alignment with the universe. Yes, it's beautiful. Yes, so um, you also talk about pain and fear as stuckness. Tell me what you mean by that. Well, pain and fear are kind of these thought loop, um, these kind of thought loops. Now, there, there can be physical pain, but I think in this case the book is talking about mental anguish or emotional suffering and or that way that we kind of go around and around and around and 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 look at the past over and over and over again in a painful way and so we can get really really stuck in these thought loops in this circling um, negative downward spiral and actually that whole way of going into a thought loop of suffering, it's really a way of being, it's really a way of being separate from the universe or it's really a way of saying, I'm not part of 
when we allow ourselves to remember, but we're a part of this beautiful, magical, miraculous um, experience, we can kind of loosen the grip on those thought loops and just allow them to sort of drift away. We don't have to be attached to those all the time. We can look at things from a bigger perspective. Yeah. Yeah, that involves working with some belief systems that are some old belief systems too, doesn't it? Where, you know, we have belief systems that say that the universe isn't necessarily kind or that suffering is a part of what we're doing here. And, and well, I think it actually is a part of what we're doing here, but but only because of duality. But it it, it is that, you know, our belief systems are are also stuck, are they not? Yeah, I mean, and, and thinking about... Um who we were, you know, I like to think that humans are evolving with every generation, and um, or that's what I believe. And so when we think of, you know, if, if you're in your, say, I don't know, 40s or 50s on up, um, then you're going to have parents that were raised in a particular um, societal belief system or, uh, you know, just whatever your age, that generation before you is going to be raised in a particular approach to... You know, we have to suffer. That's our role. Um, and there was a lot of suffering in these ancestral groups. Um, they have come a long way, and we're taking it further. But we don't have to take on the belief systems of our great-grandparents or our grandparents or our parents. We're free to create um, our own way of approaching the world. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and and I have people ask me this question quite often. How do you change a belief that doesn't want to change? <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, my answer to that is that you you ask it what what is what 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 benefit is it in holding on to the old belief? What what's it gaining for that? And uh, and the answers that come are pretty profound. That sometimes we we think we need this old belief to survive, or we need this old belief to stay safe, or you know those kinds of things. And in fact, we can release those. So speaking of release, you talk about radical releasing. Tell me what radical releasing is. Well, I think one of the things that um, this idea of radical, which shows up in the book uh, quite a bit at the end, which I, so I didn't, I didn't title the, the lessons afterwards. The, the way it arrived to me, it's like I was um, just sitting there in meditation and the title would come in, and then the lesson would come in, all in one piece. So I found it very interesting that that word radical was there, and they've got radical releasing, radical compassion, and radical gratitude. So I think that the the, the receiving of the book was trying to make it very clear that these were really important, like radical <laughs> on the West Coast, radical, you know, it's a very... <laughs> strong word. Um, Radical releasing of the identities and the misbeliefs, just just letting yourself do it um, and trusting that you're going to be okay if you do, if you shed the old garments that you've been, you know, hiding under and and just release those and let the the true self be the self that is uh, the self you're operating from. Yeah. So we have to know there's some place to land. If we let go of everything that we hold on to, we have to know there's some place to land, and the place that we're going to land is in our truest self. 
Yeah, and in our truest self as part of, in my belief, uh, as part of a collective, magical, benevolent essence that is also, that, that we are part of and we are also are. Mm. That no separation idea. Yeah. Yeah, so this, this, this becoming, this growth experience that we're having, we started off talking about what it is that we're here to learn, and what you said was that we were here to learn that we're not separate. And, and right. so what we're, what we're gaining is that knowledge that we are really one with all of that magical essence that you just talked about. Yeah, and I think anytime we get, you know, we do have personalities um, that are unique, and um, anytime we... Um, anytime we, you know, we're cranky or we're angry or we're irritated or we're enraged or we're depressed or, or in despair, all those places um, all come back to that idea of we feel we're having the false feeling that we're separate. And, mm-hmm. and that's the, the root of all those types of feelings that make us, you know, so sad and not feel well is that that misbelief that we're separate from, but in in uh, in this book and in my understanding and my feeling, it's like we're not separate, so we can kind of let go of those misbeliefs. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, in the direct knowing that you get to, in that place where you really know and do know that you're in the flow, I guess there's a there's a real easy kind of releasing as you go. Is that right? Yeah, and so in the direct knowing, you're kind of feeling in this oneness state, and then you might have those um, momentary, you know, grouchiness, and like, oh, I'm having grouchiness, okay, but that's a false belief, and I'm just going to recall again, connecting into oneness, okay, now I'm back to centered, calm, relaxed, feeling good, because that's my natural state. Oh, wait, I'm irritated. <laughs> and then you just kind of have this constant, like, uh, shucking off of the old misbelief as it tries to attach. And over time, and I'm certainly, you know, have not perfected this, but over time, it gets better and better and better. You're, you're your authentic self more and more and more and more. And the false selves are just kind of left, left in the dust uh, more and more and more often. Yeah. Beautiful. So that's where we're all headed eventually. One lifetime or another, we're going to be all uh, getting to that place where we're eventually all in the flow and we'll be able to really uh, be present with uh, our oneness all the time. So I'm looking forward to that time (laughs) very much. (laughs) Me too, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the Authentic Living Show today. This has been beautiful. I'm really glad that you've been here to tell our listeners how we can connect to the divine and how we can begin to experience divine guidance um, because that's a, that how-to is vital to our understanding. A lot of people think, well, if you're a psychic, of course you're going to be able to do that, but, well, I can't do it. So everybody else can, somebody else can do it, but not me. And what you're really basically saying is that anyone can do it. We just have to listen to our own unique way of getting those messages. Yeah, exactly. Anyone can do it. It's just a matter of starting the process. That's all. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate it. And we're going to be back again next week with more Authentic Living. 
And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again next week. 